Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, a podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. That's me. <laughs> I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. And Shelly, we have a special guest today. Yes, we do. Cue music. Hello, 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 hello. We welcome you to Okay, so our guest today is Grace. Grace is up from Charlotte, North Carolina. Correct. Did you come in yesterday? Yesterday. Awesome. And did you come right to our $100,000 party or did you go to a hotel? Did you say $100,000 party? Because I want to that party. <laughs> Where was that party? I meant hang out, right? We missed that <laughs> one. Just handing it out by the hundreds. <laughs> uh, no, I meant download. Okay. Yeah, we had a party last night and Grace graced us with her presence at the party. Classic. Couldn't baby. help myself. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's agreed to be on our podcast today. She's also a Patreon Patron, which is so weird to me. Patreon I wish they didn't patron. call them patrons. Like I switch between calling them subscribers, patrons, supporters, Patreon subscriber supporters. I know, I know, it's weird. Patreon no. patron, but anyway, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And she is one of those. Thank you very much for your support. We really appreciate that. In fact, part of your dollars have gone to this microphone right here. In oh front yeah, of the you. microphone you're speaking on has been partially <laughs> paid for by you. That doesn't Excellent. mean you can take it with you. <laughs> it just means you get to use it. But we will give you a parting gift for Thank being you. on our podcast podcast today. Grace's tier on Patreon allows her to come whenever she wanted to one time and be on the show. So she's like, hey, why not? I'm taking advantage of it. We can't say no because she's a patron. Well, (laughs) also, Grace happens to have a fascinating religious background. Oh, God, it's amazing. Like, how much time have we got? Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It's nutty. We will get to that for sure. (laughs) Yeah, we will. And this is still our spirituality series. Yeah, we're still in July. You know what? If we have to go over into August, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about here. We did did interrupt the spirituality series to do our Pioneer Day special, which came out Today, actually, as we're mm-hmm. recording right now, happy came pie out. and beer day for pie everyone beer, else. Baby. Yes, pie and happy beer pie day. and beer. Yeah, that'll it. be on the. Tw- we should we should have a pie and beer on the twenty fourth. Okay, because I like pie. And I okay. like beer. Okay, um, in um, the same glass. No, I don't. I don't know. Ooh, there's probably like pie flavored oh, yeah. beer. There's pie flavored uh, beer. Sure. Pumpkin, pie beer. Pumpkin pie beer. There is pumpkin pie beer. I would like a, like a cherry pie beer. Okay, I like cherry flavoring beers. All right, we'll work on that for you somehow. <laughs> Are we already sidetracked? Is that what's um, what's happening? We pretty much spend the entire time sidetracked. That was me. Mm-hmm. Was it mm-hmm. started with the pie and beer? Thanks, Grace. <laughs> Jesus, we'll see how you are. Well, let's let's uh, let's make Grace make up for that by asking her, Grace, how did you enjoy the party last night? More than I thought I would because I am an introvert and I still stayed and closed the place down. So she partied it awesome. up. She did good. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't fantastic. remember her getting on the dance floor. No, it was a nerdy party for me. Oh, I like it. I had super good conversations, so. I like it. Stayed and talked to people I didn't know all night, and it was a little stretch for me, but awesome. Good. Yeah. That makes me happy. Oh, and also. Oh, yeah, my friend D. Yeah, listener. Super awesome, fantastic listener. Um, friend that I met a few years ago. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen her. Anyway, she has connections with Lost Dog Cafe, and she actually sent us a few bottles of champagne for us to enjoy for our celebration. Yeah, that was awesome. So, Dee, thank you. Dee and Jim, thank you so much. That kicked all of the ass. And we it was, drank it. It was actually Prosecco, which is even better, in my opinion. Even better than Prosecco. Yep, even we better. Did a, we did a cheers thing. We did a couple different cheers things. Well, we're going to have to meet her at the Lost Dog. She uh, is she affiliated with, right? Yes. Up in uh, Rehoboth? Mm-hmm. I believe right? so. Dewey? Dewey Beach. 
Delaware, right? Yep, sure. Okay. Yep, let's go with that. Yeah. D, correct us if we're wrong. Next time. Oh, I have a correction, Lost by the way. Dog, but Dewey go Beach. Ahead. Yes. What's your correction? Well, let's continue with the party. So for me, the party was, of course, awesome because I love a good party. But I love that we had a lot of the same people from last party show up. Yeah. Which is super cool. We had some new people show that I had not met in person yet. I specifically had an old friend from church come who's no longer Mormon, and he was super excited to come and support us. That was really cool. Awesome. There were a couple of lesbians that have never listened yet. This is their second download party to come to without actually listening to any episodes. (laughs) So I gave them kind of a hard time. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Whatever. Just just come party with us. That's fine. (laughs) Um, But if they're listening, well, no, they're not listening. They don't listen. They just come to the party. Those hoes. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) That was not expected, but yeah, those hoes. Just coming to that party and not listening. Gosh. Not even earning their keep. We should just keep ripping on them, and they're going to start listening, and then they're going to get to this episode 36 or whatever, 37, and be like, they trashed us. They called us hoes. You know, I mean that in the best way. Oh, I love hoes. (laughs) I love me some hoes. Ho-hoes, maybe? Sure. Oh, Interesting tidbit or what? not about me when I ate ho hos as a Don't kid. Don't say tidbit. <laughs> tidbit. It's like a giblet. What? Oh yuck! <laughs> when I ate ho hos as a kid, uh huh, I would bite off each end, okay, and then chew the seam off. Yep, the bottom seam. The yep. bottom seam and unroll it, oh. and then carefully peel away the chocolate, dark chocolate layer. Well, not dark chocolate, but the the crusty chocolate. It's probably crusty? not actually chocolate. It's like wax, but yeah. <laughs> the yep. waxy chocolate. The brown wax. The chocolate, okay. in quotes, layer. Mm-hmm. Eat that, and then I would lick the filling and then eat the cake. That's the most lesbian eating of a ho-ho <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> I was about to say I'm getting a little turned on, but Grace took it for me. <laughs> funny. That was funny. Okay. Wait, not done. I also wanted to say thank you to Rosebud, the entertainment. Oh, that was fantastic. Um, Guy playing guitar and playing songs. He did everything from 90s rock to Fleetwood Mac to... Um, Wasn't there a little Sweet Caroline? Country Home. No, oh, Country yeah. Roads. Country Roads. I danced that with uh, my good friend Ben. Ben and Diana were in the house. I was rocking the harmony on that. You couldn't really hear me, but... I was... Why don't you take the microphone? Oh, uh, sorry, Rosebud. Let me take your mic. That's what, not What's rude. he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> there was also an, a fabulous moment where he was doing um, Fleetwood Mac's Landslide. Mm-hmm. And so a load of people, we got our, our cell phones out with the flashlights and we're waving them oh, back and forth, yeah. which was hilarious because this is not a big bar. It's not like this huge... Well, you know what people forget? What? Uh, there are actually lighter apps on your phone, which could look like a lighter instead of a flashlight. Oh, God, right? we fucked it up so bad. We could have, it could have been so much better. <laughs> All right, next week, same time, same place. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, one more person I was super happy to see. I was happy to see everyone, but um, a lady that we met when we were at A League of Her Own, and we were just sort of talking to random lesbians and people in general. And Oh, yeah, that's a, D- talk- that's a bar in D.C. Yes, really fun bar. We were just kind of talking about the podcast. And, you know, you never know who's actually going to listen, the people that you talk to. But she right away, maybe a couple days later, sent us an email saying that she started listening and then it was fascinating. And she told us her story about her religious upbringing, which was fascinating as well. And she came last night with her roommate, I believe it was. And that was so fun. Yeah, that was awesome hanging out with them. Mm Mm-hmm. I do want to point something out. Those of you who come to the parties, don't be afraid to come say hi to us. Like, I don't know who's there for the party. Yeah, that's or true. who's there just to drink. So there were a few people that were actually there for our party, but didn't introduce themselves until like the last 30 minutes. I know. And I was like, damn, I would have loved to have had more time to sit and talk to you. So don't be like, 
we love meeting everyone. Just come yeah. and say, hey, I listen. Block, yeah, done. I know. Yeah. Um, a listener from Germany did that. She yep. was here. Vis- I mean, she's not here all the way from Germany to hang out with us. Well, I like <laughs> to think she is. It's not true, but in my mind, Yeah, I think she's on, I can't remember her story exactly. She's on vacation or something. But mm-hmm. anyway, she came and we didn't realize she was part of the party mm-hmm. for the longest time. And she brought us chocolate. Oh, but she's mostly gone at this point. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> I know that was And fun. that was just last night. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you might have had some in bed. It may have happened. Oh, it, it happened. Mm-hmm. It happened. There may have been uh, candy wrappers in the bed this morning. Just saying. That may have happened. It happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so for me, the party was awesome. Mary, you, what was a standout moment for you? Stand up moment, really. Because at parties like that, you don't really get a chance to sit. No, I stood uh-uh. the entire time. Good thing I was wearing comfortable shoes. Were you wearing pantyhose? N- nude pantyhose? That's not a thing. <laughs> We've been over this. Fine. <laughs> no, it was great. It was amazing. It's just one of those things. It's hard to remember everything that happened. Yeah. I mean, I only had like when a, you drink that a couple much. of drinks. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because you're just talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. Just really trying to talk to everybody. I mm-hmm. love that these are people that would probably have not met in real life. Yeah. Um, until they listen to the podcast and then we have these little meetups and people meet each other in real life and become friends and then hang out with each other outside of our podcast. That makes me so happy. Um, so this was our second big party, I guess. And people showed up that at the first party, they didn't know each other. And now they're coming together or seeing each other and like, oh, it's so good to see you again. Hey, remember we blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It just feels good. I always knew the connection was important, but doing this podcast has really driven that home in me yeah. that it's important for me, but it's important for everyone. And to see that we might even have the smallest effect on helping people connect, like I could die tomorrow and be happy. Like we did, we did something good. I'm yeah. not going to die tomorrow. Um, Don't do it, please. I won't. Okay. But my point was that's very fulfilling for me. So thank you yeah. to everyone who comes to these parties, who comes out of their shell, who would most likely stay home, whether they're an introvert or whatever, but they come and they meet people and share stories. Not everyone there was ex-Mormon. No, that's true. It feels like everyone just has this common, like we're all human. We all are human. We all have struggles. And when we can sit and talk about them and drink over them, then it's uh, it's pretty badass. So well, I feel lucky. And I feel like most people have some sort of faith or spirituality or religion story in their background, mm-hmm. you know, even if their parents never took them to church, that's kind of an anomaly. And they would compare themselves to their friends, maybe growing up who were going to church. And so it's like, it's a thing. Religion is a thing yeah. for everybody, yep. one way or another. And so I think everyone can kind of connect on that level. That's definitely what we're finding. And I didn't, didn't realize that. Yeah. And a lot of people have trauma. Like oh, serious yeah. trauma from yeah. their religious upbringing. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I was also happy to see my cousin, Aaron, oh, and yeah, her boyfriend, Jake. Oh, yeah, that was Jake. so cool that they came. Yeah, and Aaron's mom is a patron of ours. Mm-hmm. Hi, Ro. Yep. Hi, Ro. Thank you for listening. That's awesome. All right, speaking of patrons, should we get to it? Let's do it. We, again, have five new patrons. You guys are crushing it. Seriously, you guys who are listening and then thinking, I want more. And you want to watch our videos or you just feel like, wow, I want to support something that resonates with me. So... They're just signing up out of everywhere, and we appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Number one, Sarah C. Thank you, Sarah C. Stephen T. Nope, nope. Stephanie T. Okay. Sorry, Stephanie. My writing, um, yeah. Not so scratch. great. Not the greatest. Okay. Next, Cole with a K. Like crab with a K, but Cole okay. with a K. Okay. <laughs> Someone should take the list away from Shelly, honestly. I wrote, like you'll be able to read it. <laughs> Next one's easy. Jessica. 
Okay. <laughs> no initial, just Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. And finally, Mary, spelled very interestingly. Yeah. Mary Jo F. How does Ma- how is Mary spelled? M A E R I. Oh. I think she's uh, not. It almost sounds maybe Gaelic or something. Well, she's from Galen. <laughs> that's not a I used place. to have a Gaelic. Now I kiss like everybody else. Oh, God. <laughs> but don't boom. Really, really, really. All right. Quick correction before we move on to our Foom Pod. Uh, last week, or maybe it was week before, I don't remember, I commented about Mia Hamm taking her shirt off playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Wrong person. It was actually Brandy Chestain. Thank you, Diana, for correcting me. I looked up Brandy Chestain's um, topless pictures, and yeah, it was Brandy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, topless with a sports bra. Sorry. Right. Not yep. naked. No. Topless. No. Okay. If you don't know what we're talking about, then clearly you were just jumping around, skipping random episodes. Um, I know. So don't episode up. shame people. They can do that if they want. <sighs> I don't want them to. I want them to go in order. I know. I know. I don't know. You're OCD about it. It's really strange. It's true. It's true. But I just want to say, if you would like to support this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash Lesbian to sign up. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, so much. And thanks to all the new patrons this week. Yes, thanks, Love guys. It. Thanks for helping us meet our goals. All right. I think we, we took on? care of the beginnings. Whew. Oh, my gosh. I think we've lost Grace over here. Grace is like, oh, my gosh, stop with the chitter-chatter. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, Grace is going to help us out with the Foom Pod today. Should we do a Foom Pod? Let's do it. Cue music. It's the fucked up Mormon phrase of the day. What's today's Foom Pod, Shelly? and Grace. Okay. Today's fucked up Mormon phrase of the day is, the ox is in the mire. <laughs> the ox is in the mire. Grace probably knows this because she's all biblical and shit, but the, Mary on the other the hand. The crow flies at midnight. No. Nope. <laughs> the eagle has landed. <laughs> no. Nope. The ox is in the mire. <laughs> and the cow jumped over the moon. Oh, God. <laughs> Little dog. What is it? And the spoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have your pet spayed or neutered? What? <laughs> well, I don't know. Ox is kind of a stubborn animal. And when you're stuck in mire, it seems like you're not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So you're stubborn you're and you're stuck. sort of ballparky, but not really. <laughs> don't be an ox stuck in the mire. Mm. Do what we tell you to do, Mormon church. No. Nope. What do you think, Grace? I mean, you're like, no, you're actually not kind of. <laughs> you're not there. No. You, do you know it? Yeah. Like, I know the I know the general sense of it. Oh, well, come on. Speak up. Like, you don't want to go to church. What you is it? don't want to go to church. Like, you don't want to obey the Sabbath kind of thing. So we need a buzz, Mary. And ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Grace. <laughs> so let me explain. So then the Mor- Mormons use this a lot. It is. It's the Sabbath day. Holy shit. Oh, so it's not just a Mormon expression. It's not. It's biblical. Okay, so is it really that. a fucked up Mormon phrase? It is because it Mormons is. use it all the fucking time. Okay. I've never heard a, yeah. another person. It's in the Bible, but it. Mormons like grabbed it. Uh, so this is in Luke chapter fourteen, verse five, and it says, "And answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day?" So he's saying, if your ox is in the mire, which is like a muddy bog or whatever. Yeah. Are you just going to leave him there because it's the Sabbath and you're not supposed to do anything on Sunday? Which I like that it said ass. I I would rather say my ass is in a pit, right? Because that's what it is too. (laughs) Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fall into a pit? Of course, there's different translations, but that's what it means. So example, it's Sunday. We're supposed to, it's the day of rest. We're not supposed to do anything. 
our ox gets stuck in the mud somewhere, but we don't go help it because, well, it's Sunday and we're not going to go help it. But wait, Luke is saying you should help it. Yes. Okay. So this is where people say oh, my ox is in the mire. Like, oh, well, we're going to drive to church, oh, but we're almost out of gas. Well, the ox is in the mire. We'll go pay for gas. Because Mormons, you're not supposed to shop. You're not supposed to swim. You're not supposed to, like, watch TV, depending on your family. Um, a lot of families are no sports on Sundays. You're not supposed to go to birthday parties. Like, it's you, you just don't get to do shit. Hmm. And so then, you, but you have these people that are like, oh, well, I really needed the stick of butter for a recipe. Um, I guess I could go ask the neighbors, but they're at church or whatever. I'll just run. The ox is in the mire. I'll go buy one at the store. People actually say this? Yes. Yes. Matter of fact, a friend of ours, his family was visiting in town uh, and he wanted to take them all out horseback riding, but the only time they could do it was on a Sunday. And so he's like, well... Ox is in the mire. We'll, we'll do it on Sunday. So it's like this thing to say to excuse you from breaking the Sabbath, mm-hmm. which I remember hearing this story growing up. And I'm going to ask you guys about your ox in the mire situations if you've had any. <laughs> but this story that was Everybody told, break out their ox in the mire stories. I know. Got a lot of those. So this, <laughs> this dad had let his son use the car Saturday night to go out with friends. He said, make sure you fill the car with gas. We have enough gas to get to church in the morning. And so the sun went out and he didn't fill it up. You know, he, Shocker. He, yeah, he didn't fill up the car with gas. He was just being disobedient. Came home and then the next morning when it was time to go to church, the dad looks and there's not enough gas to get to church. And so the kid is like, well, we'll just go. I'll just go get gas now. And the dad's like, no, 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 you won't. And so this father walked like 10 miles to what? church. It's bullshit. But that was a story that I was told <laughs> to make you feel like you know, this is how important it is to keep the Sabbath day holy. I see. There was also one time when I was very pregnant with one of the kids and I had was watching TV on a Sunday in the morning and a commercial for Popeye's chicken came on. And then I could not get that out of my head. Like this baby, this life-sucking baby in the womb just had to have Popeye's chicken. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's all I could think about. Like it was just this obsession for Popeye's chicken. And finally I told Brent, this is, we were both pretty Mormon at the time. And I was like, I really need... Popeye's chicken. Yeah. And then he was like, well, the Jewish Sabbath ends at eight. So he went in like at 830 or whatever and brought me. So um, he was going to buy Jewish Sabbath rules and not Mormon rules? Kind of joking about it. Yeah. But that was the best fucking chicken. (laughs) So good. Yeah. So it's funny how people have their own standards of what they will allow themselves to break on the Sabbath. And it's it's also a great way to judge other people. So in Utah, I know if you, you know, drive by a gas station or whatever, and you see a, a church member's car getting gas, you're like, I'm not, you can Ox judge them the on mire. how holy they are, but right? you're not supposed to be out driving, so why would you even see that person? Well, you can drive, but you can't buy gas. You're not supposed to purchase anything. But like, can you purchase on Amazon? Like, what the fuck? And you can drive a, a vehicle around and that's yeah. okay? Yeah, because you're not making anyone else work. I, it doesn't is make that sense. What it, is? it doesn't make sense. Again, trying to make sense of nonsense is, is impossible. But wow. So growing up, I'll ask you this first, Grace. Did you have any things that were demanded on you on Sundays that you could or couldn't? Yeah, because in evangelical church too, you go back at night, um, so you're really just taking a break in the afternoon, and you're not supposed to do much. It's kind of like eat lunch, sleep. Mm-hmm. Be bored. Be bored. Right. Get right, ready right. if you're going to teach something or whatever mm-hmm. and go back. And ah, yeah. A two for church. But this always irritated me. It's perfectly fine to go out to lunch, make these other people work, and then tip them really shitty. Like Sunday afternoon eaters in the South are the worst. <sighs> Why can't you tip them well on Sunday? I just, I have heard from so many of my friends who have been wait staff that like they are the worst. 
tippers. Well, oh, God. I've heard that before, too, actually. Yeah. Well, I dated somebody once that I lo- ended up losing to Jesus. I'll tell that story sometime. <laughs> um, <laughs> she used to say, and okay, granted, it was like late 80s, early 90s. It's a long time ago. And she used to say, I can't tip my waitress or my waiter or server more than I tip my God. Right. The 10%. <sighs> wow. So, and then yeah. they'll leave you a track. Oh, to uh-uh. tell you the gospel. Oh, oh my god. With a bad tip. And I'm like, because you're <laughs> oh, selling Jesus wow. really well right now. <laughs> like, Jesus is a fucking cheapskate. Yeah. <laughs> god, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. So it's really shitty. Yeah. So hearing that your one of your religions, and we'll go into that in a minute, allow you to go out to eat on Sunday, from Mormon standards, that's like you're not religious. Like that's disrespectful to God going out to eat. What was yours growing up, Mary? Because your mom was very religious. Yeah, but we didn't. No, we never had any Sabbath rules. We never, we could do whatever after church. The rest of the day was ours. Yeah. I had a swimming pool growing up and we couldn't swim on Sundays. And I was in New Mexico. It was very hot, but we just had to not Just in your backyard. Yeah, right there in the backyard. Get in the pool. Yep. Nope. Couldn't couldn't get in the pool. Um, That sucks. So are you meant to study all day? Like... Yeah, what are you allowed just, to do? Would, uh, be quiet. For a while there, my parents wouldn't let us watch TV, but they well, eventually relinquished that power because we complained too much. But you're, I, I would just stay in my room and read. Wait a minute. Was your mom allowed to cook on a Sunday? Oh, the women are still doing all the things. What's the difference between like cooking in the kitchen and putting in that exertion and that activity versus getting in a pool? I don't understand. Well... What's the, what's I think we talked different? about this, that Satan rules over the waters. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. It's, well, it's not a thing, but Mormons <laughs> seem to think it is. I don't know. It's it's always interesting where Because you have to warp. eat? Like cooking, you have to yeah, eat. Yeah, you do have to eat. If you go swim, you're playing. Uh, and okay, you're supposed so you're, to be contemplating, maybe? I guess. Well, what if I'm like contemplating Jesus while I'm swimming laps? Hey, that could know? happen. I get some really good ideas when I'm in the water. Is that so, right? Yeah, I really do. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird. It's a, I would love to have listeners um, write in and say what were the wackiest things you were not allowed to do on Sunday and how you would do the whole ox in the mire and find some excuse to do whatever. Because that, that's a pretty common thing, I think, in Mormonism for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking back, uh, so my father never went to church. Right. And I think we talked a little bit about this last night, how it sort of tempered me. And my weird religious seal was sort of tempered by an atheist in the household. <laughs> it helped you for sure. But we were dragged to church and then we'd come home and my father usually would have some yummy lunch waiting for us. Mm-hmm. Like we would have seriously cheese fondue oh, yeah. about once a month. Nice. <laughs> so good. They put like the cognac or whatever in there. Explains a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Several cheeses, like Gruyere and stuff. Yeah. And then like crusty bread for Dipping in that shit. Jesus, it also sounds, sounds like a recipe to get your kid to go to sleep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. Feed them full of cheese and alcohol. Cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and cognac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yummy. So there you go. Ox is in the mire. Okay. But we're switching it to my ass is in a pit. <laughs> my cat's in a tree. I mean, seriously, it's like, <laughs> go rescue the damn oh animal already. You're going to have to stay up there, kitty cat, until Monday morning. <laughs> oh, wow. You're going to make God angry. Yeah. Yeah, okay, because God invented cats, right? Mm-hmm. Created, whatever. If you believe in that sort of thing, he wouldn't want the little kitty cat to be stuck in a tree all 24 Well, of course, and that was the point hours. of Luke saying the ox is in the mire, like you'd help the ox out. 
Well, right. And if you didn't help the ox out of the mire, then your business would probably fail because you're reliant on that animal to help you in your farming or whatever. To me, it's all shit people make up to control each other. And it's... Well, it's, again, Luke, New Testament. Old mm-hmm. Testament rules versus New Testament mm-hmm. freedom, sort of, depending on freedom, who you ask. Freedom-ish. And then the Apostle Paul came along and fucked everything up. Oh, my God. So I, was, go. I was looking up some Apostle Paul quotes <laughs> for he said what. I didn't get around to finishing it, but wow. Oh, Yeah. He was a douche. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Before we get into the topic of the day, which is spirituality, and we want to hear all of Grace's various religion escapades, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I want to read a quick letter. Oh, letter and then pay the bills? And then, yeah, we'll take a break right after that. Okay, so this letter is from Shana. Hi, Shana. She says hi, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. (laughs) She says, when I was a teenager, I belonged to the Foursquare Church. And Grace had mentioned she knew a little bit about Foursquare. I spent some time in a Foursquare Church. Spent some time in a Foursquare Church. I spent some time in a Foursquare asphalt kicking ass in sixth grade. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the same thing. I I was good. I I would beat the boys. Like, sorry, go ahead. This is me. I'm reliving (laughs) sixth grade at Hillrise Elementary. Okay, carry on. Well, they've got these different symbols. They have four symbols. One looks like a cross, one looks like a dove, one looks like a goblet, because, you know, water, wine, I'm mm, thinking, mm-hmm. and a crown. Huh. Don't King. know what those mean. Maybe you do. But if you go to their website, uh, it says, Church Reimagined, Founded in Scripture, Flexible for Today's Changing World. Do you think that's true, Grace? Are they flexible? In a word, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep reading the letter. So, Shana belonged to the Foursquare Church, which is against a lot of things, like Masons, LGBTQs, and so on. I was the only member of my family going to church, and I pretty much went because that's where my friends were hanging out after school and where my boyfriends were. So, there you go. Great makeout session. Wow, the Foursquare Church. (laughs) Yeah, it's going down the Foursquare Church. (laughs) Once I came out of the closet at 15 years old, I told the pastor of the church that I was a lesbian, Uh and he said that I couldn't be a member of their church if I was out, and that they didn't believe in the Masonic organization, which my father is a part of. For years, I didn't follow any God or religion. I just did life. In my 20s, I started to examine what worked for me and what I believed. I started studying life after death, angels and spirits. I did a lot of ghost hunting. That sounds interesting. Then when I moved out of state, I found a group of women, spelled W-I-M-M-I-N, that are pagan. Most of them also are lesbians, she says. And I knew I found my core group. My sister is and has been a solo practitioner of paganism for many, many years as well. I now do a lot of work within a couple of groups, not as much as I would like, she says in parentheses, and have spiritually grown so much. I have found my calling to do Reiki. Is it Reiki? Is it Reiki? It's Reiki. 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 Akashic Records readings. Do you know about this, Grace? I don't. I don't either. And end-of-life care, which sounds like a great thing to do because I think elderly need more love. Mm. Once I'm done paying off these pesky student loans through work, that's the direction I'll be going Life has a twisted way of how it leads us. So true. So um, interesting. I'm a Reiki practitioner. Why am I not surprised by any of this? Okay, that's kind of why I wanted to read this because I I thought you might have some insight into some of this stuff. Why don't we take a break 
And then we are going to dive into Grace's story right after this. Do it. Okay. Be right back. And we're back. And we're back. It was quick, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> it was like nothing even happened. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> all right. I want to get into the stuff in the letter with Reiki, Foursquare, Paganism, all that stuff. But why don't you take us in sort of chronological order or whatever order you want to take us as far as your spiritual journey, where you were, where you are now, and why? Grace, take okay. it away. <laughs> It's, um, I made a list this morning. I, I'm usually a huge prepper, but I try to just not prep so much and be more organic about this. But I did make a list of everywhere I've been, and it's ridiculous. So I'm just going to shell it off real quick. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in seeker-sensitive movements, the emergent church, the evangelical church, the charismatic church, um, all three mainstream Protestant denominations, and several of their branches. Um, for instance, with the Baptist, I've been with Independent, Southern, and American Baptists, um, with Presbyterians, ARP, PCA, PCUSA, and EPC. I went to Montreat College, which just happens to be the, I don't know, uh, red carpet and home of Billy Graham and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had been to church, turned around, and had Billy and Ruth Graham behind me. Um, <laughs> as you do. Mm-hmm. As you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Methodist Church. I have been to charismatic liturgical churches, uh, Anglo-Catholic churches. Anglo-Catholic? Um, hardcore Episcopalian and Anglican traditions where they just is this close to being Catholic. Like the difference is really that their priests can marry. Okay. That's about it. And they're not affiliated with Vatican at all? No. Yeah. Okay. But they call themselves Anglo-Catholic because it's the same tradition and they have a lot of the same okay. beliefs. Mary's diminished. Huh. And then there's huh. a slight... Uh, doctrinal difference on communion, and that's about it. All right. Super charismatic with Morningstar, Vineyard, um, Lutheran with the LCMS, which is a really conservative branch, and then with the ELCA later, which I was actually at their assembly when they voted to allow gay people to be ordained. I have spent time with the Quakers and am currently doing some of that. I have spent time at an ashram in Tucson, and I've done some Zen meditation stuff. <laughs> and going to the temple in Tucson before it was consecrated. My best friend lives in Salt Lake. So I've been to Temple Square a few times at Christmas time into the tabernacle. There's a church actually down the street from my house that I think is probably a mission because I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and there's <laughs> like four Mormons. Right. I really want them to knock on my door, but they haven't. I just keep getting the Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> and you haven't tried that one? No. Y- you haven't really been to, like, to Mormon. I mean, you've been to the temple. I didn't try to go to Mormon church. Gotcha. I mean, I've been once for I feel like, study. But yeah. my interest in it was probably more, as, and I think this is true for a lot of people who come from Protestant evangelical background, because they base their religious beliefs based on our book and then added to it. So mm, I think mm-hmm. that's really makes it very interesting for more mainline Christian denominations. As far as they want to study, then they want to understand that. They want to debunk it for apologetic reasons, which was a big thing for me in school. What was the first church on your list? Um, My parents were saved, use that term, Uh you know, in quotes, in a non-denominational movement that was one of these evangelical things that came out of the hippy-dippy sort of Jesus movement thing. Okay. So loosely termed the way. 
We had um, a Bible called The Way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it had little hippie people yeah. inside. Oh, yeah. Pictures. Yeah. 70s. <laughs> yeah, that's what you did. But yes. was there a um, denomination? What was the first couple things on the list? What did you read? Oh, those are movements within a lot of evangelical denominations. Okay. So like seeker sensitive would be these well, churches that have like. Yeah. What did you say? Secret? Seeker. Seeker. Seeker sensitive. Sensitive. Mm-hmm. Seeker mm-hmm. sensitive. Yes. And that's a movement? It is. Okay. Um, that's when you started seeing like the coffee bars come into churches and the music get a little more concerty uh-huh. and maybe Guitars. clips and movies, you know, interactive sermons, those sorts of things. So I've never really understood the difference between um, evangelical and charismatic. What's the difference? Uh, well, you can be an evangelical charismatic. Okay. But there's a group of evangelicals who would be more like Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist who would not practice the gifts of the Spirit, okay. speaking in tongues, and that slaying more, the Spirit, those sorts of things. That's more charismatic. They think that's passed away. There are scriptures in the New Testament they argue over where they think that's passed away. Okay. And then there's more charismatic denominations that would still have that evangelical tone, mm-hmm. just meaning that they read the scriptures, they have that more personal connection to God rather than maybe, say, like a Lutheran or Episcopal person who probably has a more cerebral connection. That's the big difference, in, I think, with evangelicalism. And then, of course, just the whole moral thrust of the evangelical movement is a little different, whereas I think it's more liberal with Lutherans, Episcopalians, those sorts of folks. So basically, do you practice the gifts of the Spirit or not? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like speaking in tongues and whatnot? Yes. Can we talk about that? Sure. <laughs> Must we? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty wacky. Yeah, Mary exposed herself a little bit about how she had an experience with speaking in tongues at age-ish... Uh, 11, I 11. guess. 11, yeah. So how Something about you, Grace? Like what was your speaking in tongues experience? I mean, how long ago was it and how do you see it now? So mine wasn't until later in life because my father was pretty Baptist and mm-hmm. we did not believe in that mm-hmm. growing up. And then when I got older and started exploring... I went to a charismatic Lutheran church, which is, there's like, you know, one. Okay. (laughs) It's not a thing. Um, (laughs) There is a charismatic Episcopal denomination, but within the Lutheran church, it's not really a thing. Okay. But this was a thing in the 70s. -hmm. Got, you know, touched by the Spirit at some conference or whatever. to my Methodist church growing up. They were one of a kind. Okay. Yeah. Same idea. Yes. I mean, and probably in the 70s at... Oh, for sure. Bonked them. Okay. Yep. So they got the Holy Spirit bonk on the head. They came back, <laughs> bonked everybody else on the head. Oh, my God. You're it. And then they also took on this hugely Zionist role, and that made women very under men. Like, we had to wear head coverings. You couldn't oh, talk God. without a man standing beside you. What? It was pretty intense. Why? So, and so the, they didn't always have that? They just added that, too? And what did they say as to why? Like, did they say God Because said, now they've blah, blah, gotten blah. bonked on the head with the Holy Spirit, and that's revealing to them. So, like the prophet, mm. that's where I think charismatics come a little closer to that, because they think, yes, there is still revelation okay. today. But do you have to have a certain title to receive that revelation? No. You just have to get people to but agree with you. That- to enforce it upon a congregation, yes, you'd gotcha. have to be a pastor or a leader. What does it mean, Zionist? So Zionists are people who believe that the Jews do have a very special place. Even after the New Testament, they still have a little bit more of a special place than the Gentile, any other okay. believer. So what's with the head covering and everything? That actually happens in a lot of smaller denominations like the Grace Brethren and some other non-denominational smaller groups that want to keep this very patriarchal They do way. that in Mormon temples, too. The women have to wear a veil, and they have to cover their faces with the veil when a prayer is said, although they just stopped that practice recently because people were complaining about it. Hmm. 
weird. What was the complaint? I don't know exactly the b- complaint, but I know a lot of millennials. The LDS Church, Mormon Church, is losing millennials by the droves because millennials typically tend to be more progressive and more open, understanding, accepting, um, less patriarchal, less, less sexist. And so the women are starting to be, you know, millennial women who don't understand how patriarchal the church is, really, because I haven't paid much attention, go to the temple for the first time, and it's like, what the fuck? So wait, I'm supposed to listen to my husband as he listens to God, and I'm supposed to cover my face with a veil while people pray, but no one else has to. They were starting to realize it, and people would go into the temple one time and then never going back. Like, fuck that, and leaving the church. So it's not that anyone's getting new revelation. It's not that the church is trying to be more progressive because they care about women. That's not it. It's just they're losing membership. Yeah, so they're going to come around on their rules. They're going to loosen the reins a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but it's Mormon not church. because they value women more. It's no. just that they want they to retain to people. retain membership. Yeah. If it was a, a case about valuing women, they would have changed it back when it was shitty at the beginning. Well, it's yeah. a similar structure in a lot of the spaces I've been in, in these more stringent evangelical spaces. So getting around to the speaking in tongues. They were doing this basically to bring Hebrew law back in. So they wanted to live more Torah. As I've gotten older, I've thought how we have thought about Mormons must be how the Jews have thought about Christians, you know, mm. as far as like, oh, you're using our book and then you added some shit to it. Yep. <laughs> what the hell, you know? Sure did, baby, sure did. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> so they will pressure you. Yeah. Have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? And so Wait, who's I was— pressuring? Members, you know, as you begin to go and keep going, they will just ask you, especially if you're not raising your hands, rolling around, you know, they're going to ask around. you. <laughs> and, um, Which church is this again? <laughs> well, I mean, I think this is a lot of charismatic churches. Okay. I had been asked that in many charismatic churches. Right. Wow. Okay. Not just this one, but this is where, I, like, my first introduction to the whole thing mm-hmm. happened. And so then I went to meet with the pastor and his wife, and at that time, I think he was our bishop, and they sat me in a chair, laid their hands on me, prayed over me, prayed over me in tongues. Oh, gosh. And I am a more cerebral person. They say things to you like, we'll just do baby talk. We'll just start speaking gibberish. Uh, Throw marbles in your mouth. Like, these are real things. And I was like, that's just (laughs) not a thing I'm going to (laughs) do. What the fuck? Um, That seems so fake. at the time, I really wanted this. I mean, I hadn't really been in a feeling space, and I was Mm -hmm. feeling good Mm -hmm. through all the worship music and things like that. Heart Mm -hmm. cell. Heart cell. It's heart cell, and it's groupthink. Yeah. Yeah. You get all together, and then you also want to be like these people and belong like them, especially if you respect them and you think— It's like testimony, meaning I know the church is true. Well, I know it's true, too. Well, I do, too, then. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, we were always testifying and testimonying. We didn't say— I guess that exact phrasing, but it's very similar. Yeah. All I knew is this guy would get up every week and do the same. Like, I could interpret him. Like, I could, like, you know, mimic him mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then tell you what the guy, other guy over here was going to tell you he said. Oh, so this was the thing where the one dude's talking gibberish and then the interpreter. Yeah. yeah. So the gibberish speaker doesn't know what he's saying? No. <laughs> because it's meant to be an active congregation. It's meant to be a space where God is is bringing the people together. So why why the, the tongues? <laughs> well, in your personal life, it's your own personal prayer language to God. Right. And that's to get more in touch with the Spirit. Right. There's a scripture that says, utterings and groanings that the mind cannot speak. Or What if you're telling God to F off? Yeah, well, if you don't know. <laughs> I'd probably be like, knock, knock. I mean, that would be my, <laughs> my gibberish. Orange, you glad I didn't say banana? Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I make fun of it because it's so wacky, but... I did the same kind of wacky things, just a different breed of wacky, you mm-hmm. know? And it just seems so... It's all a bit of mind control. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can get yourself so worked up that you can get yourself to 
speak gibberish. That's not much different than someone getting up to bear testimony in church, in a Mormon church, and cry and testify. I have this burning in my bosom that I know the church is true without a shadow of a doubt. Like, it's the same idea. We just do it with bearing testimony instead of speaking gibberish. And you want that certainty. Yeah. People want that certainty and that feels good. Yeah. And then the thing that makes it all bullshit is unfortunately the thing that makes it work and feel good. Mm. And that's the hardest part for me is like, I can can wax nostalgic about church Mm -hmm. sometimes and be like, man, I really miss it when they bring you a casserole and you're sick. I really, my (laughs) top thing I miss. The casserole. I'll bring you a casserole. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you start to wax poetic about it. But Mm -hmm. then you're like... Well, no, because they wouldn't have done that for me after I came out. Right. Right. And then you realize, well. We're not giving the lesbians casseroles. Right. We're not giving them shit. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's like their hate for the same thing. Yeah. And then their love for this other really stringent thing that makes it work. And that, it's not just Christians. That's any fundamental denomination, I think. Yeah. So first year, your parents were like in a hippy-dippy 70s thing. Then where did that go? Where, how, how were you brought up My parents got divorced when I was three. I was a Hail Mary baby. They were um, having lots of trouble. This and let's have a baby. And, doesn't really work. No, and I was an accident too, but then um, I think it turned into a Hail Mary. Gotcha. So that didn't last long. Mm-hmm. And my dad went super Baptist. My mom never left that space, but she wasn't active in it really for, mm-hmm. I don't know, after I was maybe 10, mm-hmm. maybe even younger. She just wasn't active anymore, but that's the only thing she. Wait a minute, your parents divorced. Mm-hmm. And do they do separate religions? Right. She okay. stayed with this. Non the denominational. It was not charismatic. Oh. Jesus, Jesus freaks. It was just Jesus freaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it was an interesting group. Like they've got some really weird beliefs. They were praetorists, which means they think Jesus is not coming again. He already did it. Huh. It's um. it's interesting. You still got to get saved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, so you have to accept Jesus as your savior, but mm-hmm. he's not coming back, according to these people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, just that's as feasible right. as anything I guess else. it's heaven, you know, yeah. like the fire insurance kind of thing. Right, fire gotcha. insurance. Yeah. And what did your father believe? So he went to a more uh, Baptist line. Okay. Neither one of my parents were raised in the church. They came to it a lot later. And wow, they chose that shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because they were looking. They were floundering. I mean, you know, yeah. they were— People want answers. My mother was a sixth child. My dad only—I mean, there were only two of them, but his parents really favored his brother and didn't really mm. invest mm. in him. So at 17, he's out there figuring out what the, to do with his life. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep, yep. So, you know, I think as you do and you're looking for answers, a lot of people turn to religion, and for they sure. did. And. I think for a while it worked, honestly. It was kind of communy. And I remember as a kid feeling like everybody was my parent, like in a good mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of community and people really stuck together and helped each other. And and it was casual, which I liked. You know, mm-hmm. God didn't feel like you had to sit up, stand down, you know, dress up, all yep. that. Yep. So there were a lot of good things to it. And then it just went super, super askew, as I think it often does. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was like, I don't want you part of that. I mean, there are lots of affairs and just uh, shit like that. I mean, you know, as it, as it <laughs> always happens. does mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. it gets big. And mm-hmm. so he, I think, was looking for something more solid. Mm-hmm. So he he went to the Baptist church and that's where I had my formative years. And okay. then on top of that was the Institute of Basic Life Principles, which is a group the Mennonites go to. Um, okay. It's a big international So did you switch from Baptist to that? No, that is like a parachurch organization okay. that a lot of really conservative folks gotcha. belong to. So you can be Baptist and Mennonite. I mean, any kind of like 
uh, look, Pentecostals even mm-hmm. were there. It's like the one mm-hmm. thing they could sort of agree on, even though they didn't gotcha. agree on a lot of other things, okay. was like, you know, let's keep the women down. <laughs> Hail the patriarchy. Yeah, like, we'll get behind that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, like I had to be under the umbrella of my father's authority, and I was meant to be under that umbrella until oh, I married. God. Good Lord. So I, it was very— um, Yes, yeah, this Mormony as well that's not— said it's not called the umbrella but you know you're grateful that your dad has the priesthood and then you want a husband who has the priesthood so it's i guess it's the umbrella of the priesthood that you go you know from Mm -hmm. father to husband so before i was when i i wasn't living at home Mm -hmm. but anytime i had a big decision i had to go talk to my father Mm -hmm. ask him i mean and i'm you know 25 yeah yeah they required it of you or you just felt like you. it was very expected i taught for a christian school and i was told oh wow (laughs) to go See, in Mormonism, you're, it's, you're not told that, but it's a, it, you, you do that. You want your dad to give you a blessing because your dad being the patriarch of your family. But if you're married, then it would be your husband giving you a blessing when you have questions you're saying. So it's very similar, just gone about slightly differently. And it's of course, when you pray or have prayer at home, the man leads it. Oh, for sure. you got a 40-year-old woman and a 12-year-old boy. And the boy. boy. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least, it's always at least the, the man who calls on someone to say the prayer. Whether it's him or, or someone else, but I never, yeah. This took a while for you to get this out of your system. Yeah. I remember we were on one of our first dates, probably eighth or ninth or something, and your car battery died. Remember? You were yep. visiting me at my apartment and your yep. car battery died. I have had so many shitty cars in my day, <laughs> and I generally have jumper cables. I have jumped my car like 50 times. Mm-hmm. But your first instinct, you didn't yeah. even talk to me about it. You just started texting I called Brent. my ex, yeah. Like, yeah. just this... Thing like, that what he, do I do? He will know what to do. A man will know what to do, you know? And I'm not a helpless person, but that was just this knee-jerk. Yeah, it was ingrained in you. Yeah. I hate that. It took a lot to get that out to where I could actually discover for myself or try something or read a manual, you know, <laughs> something to, to do it on my own. Yeah. Or, 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 or ask to a trust woman. you. Yeah. Like I would, <laughs> yeah, it's just how you're raised. Like yeah. That. No one actually comes and tells you women can't do shit, but that's what you end up getting from all the lessons that you're given. So, yeah. Guess what? Women can do shit. Absolutely. <laughs> Start a podcast. <laughs> have guests on. Grace. <laughs> Fast forward, everybody. So at what point did you go from Baptist to your next So thing? then I, I went to the Presbyterian church later in high school. And why? Uh, my friends. And did your parents, Wasn't did your dad care my... that you left Baptist? He did because there's, a, there's some big doctrinal differences mm-hmm. there. But at the same time, it was like... You're still in the church. Yeah, so you weren't thinking Baptist church is wrong. You're just like, oh, I want to hang with my friends. And so it wasn't the conscious, my, my faith is lacking. Um, I was dissatisfied with, mm-hmm. with the place of women. Okay. Back up just a little bit. At 13 is when I got the call, quote unquote, and I wanted to be a minister. I, um, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even be a deacon in the Baptist church. Yeah. Mm. The Presbyterian church was more open to it, mm-hmm. but stupidly, I don't know if it was just my surroundings or... Exactly what, but even though that was sort of my driving force, mm-hmm. I ended up at a very two very orthodox Presbyterian branches mm-hmm. telling me the same thing. Ugh. And then I was like, I got to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up going, I had gone to nursing school for two years out mm-hmm. of high school. And then I was like, this is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Even with that, I planned to go on a mercy ship. Mm-hmm. I had planned to then be a missionary if I couldn't do yeah. this thing over here. And none of during none of this time am I caring a crap about a dude. 
Mm-hmm. People are telling me I should get married, um, but I don't give a damn. Are and you I've recognizing got the best your excuse. sexuality then? No, but I've got the best excuse, right? Because uh-huh. you're married I'm a to soldier Jesus. for the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, that's it. I'm in the army of the Lord. I'm good. Wow. Hey, Paul said it was better to be single. There that's you go. True. Good old Paul and so, his wonderful. <laughs> he, he would not have been a Mormon. No, no, no. They're like Paul can get married, have babies, yeah. lots of babies. Yes. Yeah, all the babies. Mm-hmm. Jesus. So I just thought, well. I've got a great excuse, and and I so I didn't entertain it. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot of obvious things to other people, mm-hmm. but super not out to myself at all. And Did these, you have a mullet? No. <laughs> Were there any clues? <laughs> I had really bad haircuts. Yes, um, <laughs> I won't. It wasn't quite a mullet, but it was close. It was like that Indigo Girls shaggy thing. Uh, you know? Okay, it's a little gayish. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Pretty. <laughs> Um, you got to send us pictures. We'll, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I will send you pictures. I have uh, Duggar-esque pictures, too, with a skirt oh, down God. to my ankles wow. and hair and, yeah, the whole thing. I mean, people should have known when I did things like to the church directory photo shoot, mm-hmm. I wore a tie and a vest. I mean, <laughs> hello. Like, That's funny. Lesbian. My dad's like, she's just quirky. <laughs> she's quirky. That's what we're calling ourselves now. <laughs> yeah. We're not a lesbian. I'm quirky. Quirky. And I like boobs. <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> mm-hmm. And everybody likes boobs. Everybody <laughs> likes them, right? A queer, quirky, similar. It's, um, it's mm-hmm. a cute. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it was great because I just had the best shield. Yeah. So I just didn't let myself go there. Yeah. But then, you know, I'm always getting, like, close to my girlfriends yeah. and stuff. And it would feel like a relationship sometimes without the sex. You know what I right. mean? And it would just feel weird. Mm-hmm. And I would just be like, what is happening? Yeah. And it would get overwhelming. And and it was with straight girls or gay girls? Yeah. Straight girls. Yeah, for cr- sure. You were probably crushing on, looking back, you were crushing on them and didn't realize it. Some of them. Uh-huh. Some of them, for sure. Wow. And it was just like, oh, mm. What is this? I really just, I don't know. It just did not occur to me because it wasn't an option. I was about to say, that's probably like, just like me. It wasn't taught that there was a thing of being a lesbian. It was either not discussed or it was made fun of and gay is wickedness. I didn't even know the word yeah. lesbian until college. Yeah, no, I think I think it was high school by the time I'd heard it. And it yeah, was I think that the Mormon term. church talks about homosexuality a lot more than like. But the they tr- say that, right? What, homosexuality? They say homosexuality mm-hmm. or gay. I, I really did not know the word Lesbian. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. But I don't even remember hearing it talked about that much at church. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe just they just assumed nobody was. I don't know. They assumed wrong. <laughs> so did you ever serve missions? Yeah. Okay. Short term. Uh-huh. And I did uh, a longer term mission in Ethiopia for almost a month. Wow, that's um, cool. It was a really awesome experience. But on that experience, it was like... This is not right. Mm-hmm. I am not meant to go convert people. Mm-hmm. I had a really big rub with that. Um, Why did it feel wrong? What was it? Were you doing something that didn't like sit with your soul? Was it? Yes. Yeah. What, the whole thing didn't that. sit with my soul. Why? Why do they need to be converted? Okay. They were just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So and you were like, what? They're they're happy. They're fine. What am I doing? Yes. And then just seeing the effects of colonization mm-hmm. of the communist regime there, even you know, a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. like seeing all that with your own eyes yeah, and going, why do we think we're doing them any favors? Because you ask anyone that's been on a mission, they got way more out of it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was just like, I think it's fine if you really want to go do the work. If you want to be an NGO Mm -hmm. and you want to go teach people and help people to help themselves. Right. There was an organization there that that I really liked that was doing that Mm -hmm. with crops and helping people understand homeopathic medicine and not just going and giving them a shot and leaving. Mm -hmm. Right. So I started to just kind of have a problem with this white American idea of this is the new colonization. Yeah, yeah they're, they're doing fine. fine. 
They're doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. So I was having a, a big problem with that. Not only that, I felt like when you went, you couldn't say a lot of things or do a lot of things as a woman. Mm. Because it was culturally inappropriate. Okay. And that's fine. But at the same time, it's like, well, you weren't making any inroads to maybe help them out with, like, how they treat women. Right. So that was interesting yeah, to me, I too. See. Like, Because okay. you're really okay with the patriarchy yeah. this way. Yeah. And that's not, you know, I'm not degrading men. I just think we're equal. And Absolutely. I wasn't okay with perpetuating right. those sorts of things. Or gotcha. putting my American ideals on people who weren't asking right. for it. Right. Like, it, right. just, it started to just really rub me wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I knew that what I really wanted to do was help people, but not like that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So where'd you turn from there? Um. So when I got back, I certainly floundered a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's when I went to liturgical church. What I understand. Liturgical church? Lutheran Episcopal churches. Okay. Um, Just with a, li- a lot of the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But they tend to be a more cerebral people. Mm-hmm. And I just needed some time to be a little more out of the feeling, a little more out of the evangelical, a little more into the thinking, and just a place where I could ask questions. I was looking for a place I could ask questions. Nice. I had not been in a place where I could ask questions. What yes. sort of questions? Like, did the resurrection really happen? Okay. Couldn't ask that where I was. No, I but of course, my brain is going, that makes no fucking sense. Uh-huh. Right. Right? Well, you, don't like, have en- you don't have enough faith. If you're asking that question, it's because you don't have enough faith. Like, that's right. a Mormon well, thing. So what's yeah. the uh, Episcopalian answer to that or— Oh, I had an Episcopal minister and first female minister I'd ever even sat down with during college. Like, I mean, say, well, no. Oh, wow. It's no, not, did it really happen? Right. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Wow. No, okay. of course not. So interesting. It, because it tends to be at more of a, I mean, I'm sure so there are some who So what do they do about yes. Easter? Because, because it's not about... Most importantly, what do they do about Easter? <laughs> they do Easter up, actually. <laughs> I'm going to go wax geeky for two seconds. Do it. This idea of belief as I have to believe this very little thing is actually a very new thing to America. In history, that's not what religion was. Belief meant commitment. And I'm going to make these actions of charity because that is the most important thing. And as that comes, then your relationship with God comes and your that makes sense. understanding make sense. of God. If you look at Eastern religions, it's the whole point. So mm-hmm. if you act kindly, you will have feelings Akin to closeness to God. Yes. As a result of your actions. Yes. But wait, what if you don't learn all the secret handshakes? <laughs> <laughs> That's where the American religions come in, right? The more yes. modern. Yeah. I mean, like Buddhism itself could be said to be a religion without God, mm-hmm. even though it has like this idea of nirvana and those sorts of things. And I'm I'm totally riffing that off Karen Armstrong. So anybody is like, I read that book. <laughs> she's definitely somebody I read a lot because she's an ex-nun. And so oh, I cool. I can kind of relate to like, she had this really horrible background, didn't want anything to do with God for a long time, and then sort of came back around gotcha. to a more universal idea. So for me, it was like, yeah, I just need a place to ask these questions. And so, and when she said that to me, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, that was not the answer I wanted. I wanted her to say yes, and this is why, and this is how. And she mm-hmm. said no, and I went, what? Like, she said, what? <laughs> like, she said, it was what? really yeah. weird. At the same time, of course, it's the answer I wanted. And she was like, no, the, the resurrection is about being alive in your heart and having new life in your spirit. And it's a story. Interesting. <laughs> wow. It's, you know, and that's why I think a lot but of see, people. I think a lot of, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I think a lot of people invested in these religions, especially pastors, that's dangerous thinking. Because if the words from your mouth are, it's a story, mm-hmm. that's a slippery slope to throwing <laughs> it all out. Sure. Right? Yes. Like, how do you believe any of it? 
Well, if you can believe that it's just stories that point us toward a higher being. But she but she just got to say, oh, I don't believe the resurrection part of it, which is like a lot because of Because it's not about literal belief. Yeah. Does it mean she's not saying Jesus didn't exist or Jesus didn't teach or mm-hmm. there aren't good teachings from Jesus. Mm-hmm. She's saying, of course, the dude didn't die unraised three days later. It's impossible. But did he turn water into wine? How do you? You can't prove any of it. My no, Je- you my can't. Jesus is going to turn water into wine. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Did he walk on water? You know, like yeah. Then he turned into wine. A how whole do you fucking boatload of my, it? I guess my point is, how do you decide what's real and what isn't? So, as my wife would say, I learned this from her. The words in red. It's not about all these stories about these feats. Not right? Every, That's what does philosophy every Bible was. Have words in red? No, but a lot do in the Gospels, which is meant to be the words of Jesus. Like the parables and Wait, stuff. Wait, what's yes. words in red is what it's Jesus It's like what said. Jesus actually so said. So a lot right? of Bibles come and the, the parts Jesus said will be in red. See, Mormons would have made fun of Bibles with red writings. <laughs> <laughs> Not a real one. Oh, but the plates are real. Completely. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. The 100-pound golden plates that Joseph Smith ran around and tried to hide. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the seer stone. The seer yep. stone and the, yeah. ur- the Urim and Thummim, which we are going to be talking about in a future Foom Pod. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's just fun to say. I know. It, it sounds vaguely and sexual. No, it's, there's nothing sexual about it. Urim mm-hmm. and Thummim? Mm-hmm. Thumb mem. It's all thumb M's. Urim and thumb Do I have a lisp? Urim and thumb <laughs> Yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway, we get distracted really easily. You know, though, I'm with I'm with this this lady on the whole, it's in the red. Your wife who says that. I don't mean this lady. Um, <laughs> Some lady. But really, if all religions just were like, just act like Jesus said to act, we'd be crushing But when it. we first met and she said that to me, uh-huh. I lost my shit. Like in a bad way? Yeah. Like you don't you don't have belief, you don't. Like, I, like a I'm lazy bald. way of being. I you'd, bawled my eyes out. Because you believed or didn't believe? I was in transition, wasn't. I think, okay. of where my belief system was. Yeah. And I was still getting rid of literal rhetoric. Yeah. I had just come into an affirming church at that time. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, though, because so you have this Episcopalian minister mm-hmm. saying, no, the resurrection didn't happen. It's a story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you're struggling with, well, I'm supposed to believe the entire Bible. Here's my partner who's saying, just listen well, to the Well, she was my partner Jesus. at the time. Okay. So this Episcopal minister was when I was in college, right before I graduated. And I came home and just kind of put that over here. Wait a minute. Did you end up with the Episcopal minister? No. You, okay. were, you were combining so many stories right now. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's a lot. Juicy. I'm sorry. I mean, we need a diagram. <laughs> I'm on track. I got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keep going. I'm going to look at my timeline. I chatted with her, and and it was definitely something to think about. But I was also in a situation in my college that my professor, who was over my thesis, I wrote a thesis, because if you major in religion, it's pretty much seminary. I mean, like, your last two years are pretty much two years of seminary. Okay. A little more intense, obviously, if you go to seminary and you have to end up publishing and things like that. But I did have to write a thesis. I did have to defend it. And basically, my first one got turned down because they didn't like what I said. And so that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And then I honestly just had to spit out what they wanted to hear to pass. Uh, and it sucked. And I had, but I had to turn my brain off mm-hmm. because I had to do it to pass. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my professor believed not just in predestination, which is a Presbyterian belief mm-hmm. of the elect of God and you're all foreknown and all of that. He mm-hmm. believed in double predestination, what which does that means. Mean? God also predestines people to hell, which is the logical conclusion. But how shitty is that? Yeah. Wow. I saw a woman in a meeting random. one time stand up and say, I am an object fit for destruction. What does that mean? She had accepted she was not elect, and that is what they 
deem the non-elect. Why bother going to church then? Why, why bother doing anything? I, I don't know why she was there on Sunday. She was, well, because her husband was. He was going to heaven. He was elect. How why would she, she want to be with him? It was very strange. Why it, did it, she figure this out? How did she we're, figure we're this out? We're trying to make sense out of nonsense once yeah. again. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. can't. What a shitty existence to yeah. think that you're just bound for hell. Yeah. And then you're having And to, there's like, nothing you can do about it. No, and you're hanging out with all these people every week who they're going to heaven, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And what does that do for your self-esteem? I, I can't Jeez. imagine. It's the logical conclusion to predestination. You kind of have to be a double predestinist to believe that. That's true. You have to have Which is why I couldn't stay in it. I was mm-hmm. like, I just don't believe this shit. Like, yeah. I, I, mm-mm. you know, my, my money's still on dirt nap, people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dirt nap it sounded sounds better, better and better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <Wow. laughs> I mean, at least we get to push up daisies. You know, we become one yeah, with the earth. That's yeah, right. things are growing. Seed the earthworms. Yeah, <laughs> we could be there to greet the ghost hunters. <laughs> yes, <laughs> any weird grave robbers. Yeah, Come on, I got you. I mean, <laughs> so then, so you decided this is bullshit that part, right. and then where did you go? So I floundered around a bit. I mm-hmm. just stayed with this international prayer movement that was very charismatic. Went to Morningstar for a while, which puts out some damn good music. So I would go for the music, mm-hmm. leave, go get donuts during the sermon, and come back for ministry. And okay. Get myself some healing prayers wow. <laughs> and some Hilarious. prophecies. And mm-hmm. I needed somebody to help me make sense of it all. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted somebody to tell me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shelly can relate to yeah, that. I was I scared of my own thoughts mm-hmm. about it. Why? Because what would I do without it? I had had this my whole life. At this point, I'm 23 to 25, and I have set my life up for 20 years almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, as early as 10 even, I knew. Like at 13, I said I want to do this, but I knew my whole life. That you wanted to be ordained or? Yes, that I wanted to be in ministry. That's what I wanted to do. And it wasn't like necessarily to preach to people per se, because I had always had trouble with sermons as well. I did want to teach, and I loved teaching, and I had had experience in that, and that's what I really wanted to do was teach and help. And so I was like, what am I going to do without this? Who am I without this? This is what I've been my whole life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've done apologetics and told people why it's true and prayed for gay people mm-hmm. <laughs> while I'm gay. What do you mean prayed <laughs> you know? for gay people? That they wouldn't be gay? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Pray the gay way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much embarrassment with a lot of the really stupid shit I did that yeah. I hate now. I agree. So I have yeah. a lot of compassion for people that come out of it because— mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know what you're doing. You mm-hmm. you know, you want to say you do. And that's why I have a hard time with people saying, just get over it. There are things yeah. I will never, ever get over because right. I am devastated I did them. Mm-hmm. There are things that I'll never get over because they were that damaging. Mm-hmm. I will learn to live with them. Every day will get better as time goes by. Yeah, It will never go away right. because yeah. it's part of who I am. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And you also, I think, can't tell people— well, my God, why didn't you know? You know, that's stupid, whatever. Like, everybody yeah. has something like that in their life, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm sure there's something like it's that like, in your life. It's like when people tell me, well, don't complain about the church. You chose it. You stayed in for 40 years. I'm like, right. I didn't actually choose it. It was put on me. You can't just wake up one morning and say, oh, you know what? I actually don't agree with everything that I've been taught. So it's I'm out of here. everything you've been taught. Like, you know nothing else. You don't it's realize that you have a yeah. choice. Right. That, is yeah, a, the, exactly. that word is not in your brain. Yeah. Nope. They tell you you have a choice. You can leave the church. But it's not it's an not, easy But then you're going down to darkness. I know. Oh, that's a great choice. <laughs> well, it's also yeah. not an easy transition. Mm-mm. Even though, let's say your shelf is breaking, which I think can work for any sort of religion yes. or spiritual 
upbringing. Like, let's say that's happening and you realize it, but you're still going to church, but you're doubting things. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy process. It's not like mm-hmm. actually flicking off a light switch. No, it takes no one a just, long time. No one just leaves the day after they start having doubts. Exactly. It took a couple of years until I was finally completely done going back to the church. That doesn't mean I had recovered from it. That doesn't mean that I didn't doubt more like, oh, am I doing the right thing? It was just, it took two years to actually not go anymore. Because it's a culture. Yeah. You're, you're, you're losing a culture. You're yep. losing a family. Yep, absolutely. Support system, so friends. Yeah, yeah. It's not just, hey, yeah. I left that bullshit. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, and every now and then we'll talk to somebody who is ex-Mormon or ex-religious, and they're like, oh, you know what? I just don't even think about that part of my life anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be something that will take that person back to some moment where they were affected, you know, impacted by religion. Or subconscious decisions, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. I'm going to text... My ex-husband to fix my car. Right. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you just don't connect that that's yeah. damage. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, that's true. So where did you go then? So I uh, actually went to a seeker-sensitive, what I thought was an open, accepting, progressive Presbyterian church for a long time. Very large in Charlotte. Uh, led a pretty big group there uh, musically with worship and teaching for recovery. And then thought, okay— I'm going to be ready to pull the trigger here for ordination. Got strung along for about a year and then turned out, well, no, we're not ready to ordain women yet. Oh, uh, shit. So I left there. Well, stab in the back after you put so much into it, you know? Yeah. And, wow. and leaving was hard. It was very much like, well, you don't like it. Oh, well. Yeah. And I, I had Sucks my heart to be and soul you. and service there. Uh, it was very difficult. So this wasn't gay related. This was just that you were a woman. Right. I was not out yet. Wow. So I was 26-ish. Mm-hmm. From there, just sort of had a bit of a faith crisis. And yeah. Okay. I, I remember sitting down and I was like, these are the gifts I have. This is what I want to do. This is what I can do. I I know a lot about a, a lot of stuff, but I don't know anything super, super well or deeply. But it was because I thought I was going to go do this thing. And it was like, well, I play the guitar well enough. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't play it well enough to go be <laughs> professional. My reason was for worship. And I played it just great for that. Yeah, There was nothing that was like super, super focused for me. So I just thought, all I've done is build these quote unquote pastoral gifts. What else am I going to do? Oh God, yeah. You know, I've spent all this money on it. Mm. So I ended up going to massage therapy school, which is where I learned the Reiki. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I use. But I remember when it was first being taught, I just thought it was the devil's work. (laughs) It was was a rough (laughs) transition. Yep. But I started going to an Episcopal church that had a female minister, right? So fix that one, right? I was like, okay, there's a female minister here. I'll go explore this thing again. I'm going to sit on the back row for six months and then figure it out. Got you would put your life all—I mean, you couldn't just stop with religion. This was your entire life leading up, and you had to yes. find somewhere to fit, right? And at the time, I did still have a faith yeah. system and a belief that mm-hmm. was predominantly Christian. I didn't believe literally anymore, but yeah. I had a space for that in right. these liturgical churches. Right. And so I was like, well, all right, let me go <laughs> try this. So I did. Well, I'm there for a year or whatever, and I'm seeing them put these guys through the process. And so I finally go say, and I was very close to the pastor. Mm-hmm. I finally go say, okay, I, you know, he knew my history, and I'm ready to start this process and blah, blah, blah. Well, I keep getting blocked. I keep getting blocked, and he keeps putting guys in front of me, and it was just like, ugh. Well, this whole time, and my bishop, by the way, was the bishop that married Harry and Meghan. So Bishop Curry was our bishop of North Carolina at the time. Oh. And he is a wonderful man. 
and I adored him, and I met him, and they're trying to tell me this guy's evil because he lets gay people, <laughs> you know, wants to let gay people in the church and be ordained. Mm-hmm. What a horrible human. What a horrible human. And I'm going, he's like peace embodied when you mm-hmm. stand around this man. And I'm just like, I don't understand how that can be bad. And I'm still, in the back of my head, I'm starting to come out to myself. Mm. And I'm like, I'm fucked again. You know, I mean, it was bad. I'd stayed in for a while. I stayed in through the transition of leaving, which was absolutely heartbreaking. It just tore everyone apart, tore the church apart, tore the denomination apart. It sucked. But this group of really hardliners went to uh, an African expression of the Anglican church, which is very anti-gay. I mean, a lot of people know how that is still a thing in Africa. Yeah, you can still be killed. They'll kill you, yeah. yeah. And so we went with this, and I I was already uncomfortable because of that. Like, even if you don't agree with it, Mm -hmm. you're okay being with people that think it's all right to kill people for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like saying AIDS is God's way of, you know, cleaning us out, right? So so the Mormon belief back in the day was that AIDS is God's punishment to homosexuals. Jeez. Because God's an asshole, apparently. Mm -hmm. Mr. Robertson has said that. Oh, Pat. Our good good friend Pat. Pat. (laughs) Well, hasn't he also said that, like, Hurricane Katrina was supposed to, like, Rid the South of evil oh, in, yeah. in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I mean, he's special. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's really I mean, this is a guy who thinks that, like, if your husband's committing adultery on you, it's probably because you're not satisfying. Like, she, he said that oh, on yeah. air. Wow. He's a nut job. Oh, we need to add yeah. him to our, he said, what segment? Oh, you do. We, we could do, like, <laughs> a, do. Mo- a month of Pat <laughs> Robertson. <laughs> or Billy Graham's kid. I bet he's got Franklin? some good ones. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He's got some good stuff. He went to my school. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's special. Yeah. So then after that, I was I, I was a mess. I mean, I just was a puddle. I stayed with them a little while, and then I couldn't avoid coming out anymore. My father died of cancer in the midst of this. Oh, I'm sorry. And we had made our peace, mm-hmm. so I was okay with that. It was yeah. unspoken, but he always supported me. He loved me, and we had made our peace. Yeah. I met Amy at this new church that I had started going to. And it was a good experience for me. By then, I think I was just too damaged. They had sort of a contemplative, very small service early in the morning, and I did some music for that. And I do remember going in and sitting in a pew and, you know, call it whatever you want to. It it was my experience of just hearing God say, you're not going to hell for this. Nice. And, And I love you. And not audible, but it was just a very deep thing I sensed in my spirit and it did feel outside of me, and I felt accepted, yeah. and that was a good thing for me. And I stayed with them, and I was active there for a good while, and then it fell apart for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the best thing that never happened in the end. But it's taken me almost 10 years to regroup mm-hmm. and wow. to get myself set on a current you know, spirituality path that I feel at yeah, peace so, about. So what is your your current belief now? Because you've believed just about everything up to this point. <laughs> well, I've experienced a lot of things. I don't yeah. know if I believed oh, it all. Gotcha. Okay. So where, where are we now? And what, And I'm, I'm also curious, what was the hardest transition? Like what was the most damaging? Well, my relationship with what I call God got a lot better mm-hmm. because I just started from scratch. Yeah. And I went back to a more comparative religion study, which is what I had done in college. And this is why I get so upset about seminaries. Mm-hmm. They teach you. The Bible was put together by this council of dudes, and mm-hmm. they voted on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they come out and tell you in the pulpit that it was dropped from the heavens. Yeah. So for me, someone that goes talking, to seminary yeah. isn't any better than a priesthood layman mm-hmm. telling people bullshit. It's almost worse to me because, like, you know better. Right. Mm-hmm. You have gone to school, and you know You know better. where these words well, came from. Yeah. I want to access the Gnostic Gospels. Like, that's mm-hmm. not talked about very often. 
You well, know? no, that's the devil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. So there well, you go. Well, it's like scrolls that were found, but they were written like, a, I mean, a long time ago, like along the time when potentially when the gospels were written, they were just found later and later and later. Oh. And so, you know, they weren't included with the original gospels. Because well, we don't they know what's on weren't discovered. We do. Oh, yeah, we do. It's been published. There's like a gospel of Thomas. There's a gospel of Mary. Sophia. Yeah. The Sophia of Jesus. Wisdom. They let girls write? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Supposedly. I never heard about this. Why? <laughs> because they don't because want you to know. Because a bunch of dudes You're right. <laughs> voted on it at a council mm-hmm. and said, and this you is can't the add one. To and it. you can't take I mean, away. Potentially right? not all of them were discovered back when Constantine or whoever well, so else you was think that someone that it would... Make its way. Well, they somehow. there's still the Gospel of Q, which just basically means we don't have the original one, uh-huh. and that's what like they don't they will tell you we don't, so they don't have know who the, the original author is. deal. Right, that's what they call it. Q. Mm-hmm. So not to be confused with like a James Bond. <laughs> no, it's just different Q, <laughs> slightly different. Okay, right. and that's where I came from. It's like, well, let me go back to study, and so I guess what I think about God at this point. Is if you look at history and if you look if you look at many sacred writings, there's a common wisdom there. And the biggest one for me is the golden rule. Sure. And you know, aka don't be a dick. Yeah. Right. Like the gospel of don't be a dick. The gospel of don't be a dick. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, I I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> yeah. As sort of my overall practice. I do meditate, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just like there's love languages and some people receive love in different ways. Mm-hmm. I think God is the same way. I have glimmers of enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. I mean, mm-hmm. they're flashes, and they leave as quickly as they come. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the nature of God well, and for And even me. if it gotcha. isn't as much, because you said you're real cerebral, so even if it isn't as much of a heart connection, it's still fascinating to study this stuff. And I think it helps me connect with the world around me to understand yep. what makes people tick mm-hmm. and global people, not just the person in front of me, but like, yeah. why is this a thing? Why is fundamentalism on the rise? Why are religions being hijacked by these really evil people? Like, mm-hmm. why is that happening? Mm-hmm. Control. I, control and just the human heart of greed and power. Yeah. And I think religion sort of gets hijacked into that yeah. and then it ends up being part of the problem. Then it ends oh, yeah. up being blamed. Because... Mm-hmm. Then yeah. your dickish behavior, your greedy behavior can be like, because God told me I needed to do this. Yeah, and nobody can argue with that. Yeah. That's right. God's in my back, because God my back said, pocket. Yeah. How do you argue with God said? You can, you can show how it doesn't make sense, how it's mean, how whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, God said it. Because God's ways are above my ways. Exactly. Right. I got that a lot in Mormon church. It was like, you know, this is where you need to have more faith. That's how I have a brain. Yeah. Yeah, what good is the brain yeah. if we're just supposed to blindly say, I believe in whatever yeah, so-and-so for sure. said? for sure. So I don't think it's a being per se. Yeah, what's your if you're drawing God on a blackboard, what is this looking like? The, nothing. There's nothing <laughs> on it. You know, God is, to me, ineffable. Mm-hmm. That's what religion is meant to be about. Is yeah. this ineffable thing that we can't touch, understand? We anthropomorphize God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm riffing a lot of this off Karen Armstrong, so I'm going to give her <laughs> credit again. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, put these human characteristics on God so we can yeah. understand God. And that's not always a bad place to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it's a bad place to end. Yeah. Because then you're going to treat God the way you would another human. And that's usually shitty. <laughs> and that's usually <laughs> yeah. shitty. I guess if I were to draw God, I would draw a socket and a plug. Because mm. to me, it feels like electricity. Like it's yeah. like a energy flow. Maybe. I agree with that. I think it's the connection. I think it's the thing, mm-hmm. the unexplainable, the unseeable. Uh, I think God was all over last night, right? All these people connecting. 
who yeah. wouldn't have before. And mm-hmm. then t- that is God. Mm-hmm. That is church to me. Yeah. Gotcha. I hear you. I am struggling terribly with the community aspect. Yeah. And I have for 10 years because I still don't want to go to something that looks like church yep. for me. Yep. I want to have these experiences and these conversations. But in our adult life after college, we don't do that outside the church, really. Mm-hmm. We just don't, That's unless true. we're like in some beat up for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I miss having it organically mm-hmm. in my weekly life with yeah. people. I yeah. miss that. And that's something that I actually am getting from this, I feel like, and why I've connected with you guys so much because Very cool. it's organic and people are coming around and mm-hmm. talking and saying, I guess what I like is, okay, I'm totally different from you. You yeah. know, I'm not Mormon. I don't yep. have children. I completely connect with you. Well, I understand mm. it the same way. You're going to get with an ex-worm and you guys are going to talk in code? No. <laughs> right. right. But I could probably talk to Mary yeah. about Pat Robertson. Yep. And you'd yeah. be like, huh. <laughs> you know? But we still connect. Yeah. Because the enemy to me is is fundamentalism. I, I agree. And it's it's a lot harder to have a conversation with someone who knows that they're right. They have it figured out and this is how it is. That's just like a cock blocker when it comes to conversation is someone who is just rigid and this is how it is. Whereas you're like, I don't know exactly, you know, God to, to me is this instead of let me tell you what God is, you know? Right. It's when we can discuss what God or creator or nothing at all, mm-hmm. what that is for us, how that works in our lives, how that changes us to do think different ways and treat other people. That's when you can have a conversation instead of trying to get everyone to believe what you believe because you are correct. Guess what? No one is correct. Yeah. No one has it figured out because there's no way of actually knowing 100% where you go when you die, where you were before you were born, if there's a God. There's just no way of knowing. So why not embrace what works for you, what connects to you? When you, know, when you say when you study, you have these flashes of knowledge or, or feeling or something. Why can't that be just fine? Why can't that be enough? Yeah, why can't that be enough? Why do you need to go to a, a brick-and-mortar church to tell you what that meant or how that's interpreted? Like, figure it out for yourself, because in the end, that's what matters anyway. When you die, it's between either you and the dirt or you and God or whatever. That's on you. It's not what anyone else told you you needed to be. So. I don't even care anymore about where I it know. came from or where I'm going. I agree. That's I great. just care about today, yeah. and I'm good with that. And, I love and that. Even if, like, it's all not true, mm-hmm. I don't— care. That makes no difference to me. Because you can't make it be true. It is or it isn't. Mm -hmm. And you can't believe something enough to make it be true. So you do what works for you. Yeah. I just hold it very loosely. That's awesome. And go with like what works. If somebody could somehow prove there is no God tomorrow, that'd be fine with me. It doesn't threaten me. Yeah. I think if we could all just admit that like a spiritual practice for those who want it is just something we want Mm -hmm. and makes our life better. Mm -hmm. Because I, I kind of hold two ideas because my brain goes, yeah, but it's probably just a science we haven't figured out. But for me, that's not a conflict. It's not at odds. I think that as humans, we need to learn to walk and chew gum at the same time with <laughs> yeah. spirituality. Yeah. It doesn't have to be reasonable or unreasonable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if we could just learn to sort of hold these things and admit things like, you know what? I just like it. And yeah. for me, I just like meditation and prayer. It works right. for me. A lot of people find that boring as hell and do not want to do well, it. Well, then mm-hmm. it's not for and them, I think that's you know? fine. Yeah, yeah. So. Was it hard for you to get to that point coming from such strict beliefs? Because I know in, in Mormonville, I couldn't have gone from super Mormon to just nothing. That would have been too jarring for my entire being. Mm-hmm. It had to be sort of baby steps of, of less and less Mormon belief. And then being okay with not knowing. I mean, it took a while. It's it's very jarring. Did you have— Well, Grace also went to a bunch of different yeah. churches. Yeah. What were you true. looking for? 
the ineffable. I, I wanted that thing that couldn't be explained, but everybody was explaining it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why I think I probably went to the ashram. But then you spend long enough time, even in a space like that, then they start telling you mm. <laughs> what it is and those sorts of things. I mean, it's a lot more open. You can worship Jesus, Buddha, and Ganesha in the same yeah. moment. And I like that. I, I'm probably with this sort of one God, many faces idea. Mm-hmm. I like to think that these are super creative ways that God expresses God's self in the world. And again, yeah. that's because that's how we learn about people, I think, too, is like, well, why did you make this pantheon of gods versus mm-hmm. this monotheistic God? And I want to understand that. Yeah, where this And there's something from. I can learn from that. Yeah. So are you attending church currently? I am not. Um, we have talked about going back to the Quaker circle. That's probably a space I'm, that's most accessible to me that I'm most comfortable in. Next time you come up this way, I want to try out the Quaker um, church up in D.C. because I put it in one of the tours that I created for my for my other job. Um, it's like one of the original Quaker churches where you go in and you just like sit on benches and, mm-hmm. and think. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that I'm going to join you guys for that. <laughs> that sounds real boring. Well, I well just no, people what... stand up and share. <laughs> okay. It's like a share space. Yeah. I like it because it's not a cult of personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's not a preacher you know, that's going to no. stand up and tell people what things mean. But I agree. If you're not sort of a meditative person, it's going to be boring as crap. Yeah. <laughs> I always just want to see what it's like. I don't know. I don't, that's the thing is I don't know what my thing you is. Got, you guys can return and report. <laughs> <laughs> they usually make it in really beautiful spaces, like with nature, too. So for me, it's also a time that makes me sit and just That's be true. for a while and yeah. just be still because I can be very, just my mind always going. Mm-hmm. So I kind of appreciate that time. Yeah. So do you think that you are now mostly settled on your beliefs or you, do you feel like you're still searching? I'm super comfortable with being a true agnostic, meaning I don't know and I'm good Love with it. that. Well, this has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Great. It's so fascinating. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for wanting to come and share your story. That's Absolutely. really fast. I keep saying fascinating, but to me it is yeah. fascinating. It really yeah. is. And thanks for making the trek all the way up from mm-hmm. uh, Charlotte. Appreciate that. All right. We should wrap this one wrap up. Wrap it up, baby. Wrap it okay. up. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember, have your pets spayed and neutered. That's that my thing? line. Because yeah. here's how it goes down. You're always like, so remember, and then you pause because you're trying to remember what your closeout line is. And whenever you say remember, it makes me think of Bob Barker saying, remember to have your pets spayed <laughs> and neutered. So that's what comes into my mind every single time. Uh huh. Yeah, I realize it's about you. Okay, I carry on. Mm-hmm. But steer clear of cults because they are no joke. <laughs> no joke. Okay, talk to you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.